The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. All right. It is hump day, Wednesday, the edition of the Leach Report. Ryan Lemon in for Tom Leach today. It's the first time I've heard the new intro, Shannon. That's a good one. What do you think about it? You like it? I love it. I love the new intro. I hadn't heard that yet, so I like it a lot. Yeah, you, you put in a lot of production work in on that new intro there for the Leach Report. Oh, I didn't actually do that. Somebody else did that. Oh, I was going to give you credit for that. <laughs> no, no. They just hand it off to me and say, here, play this. We'll play this. Yeah. All right, uh, Ryan uh, in for Tom today. I'm not even sure where Tom is. Did he tell you what he was doing today? No, I think Tom just needs a day off, you know. He needs a day hard. off today. Yeah, every now and then you need a day off. He got the big win on Saturday, so he's yeah. taking the day off here on Wednesday. That's right. No explanation needed. No explanation needed. That's right. Uh, but I know you got to be happy today because your Braves won again last oh, night. Oh, man. Well, they just about blew it. I don't know if you followed that all the way to the bottom of the ninth, but they gave up four runs, and the Dodgers had another runner on about to tie the game, and I thought, here we go. They're going to blow it again. But they, they pulled it off, 8-7, to seven, up two games to nothing. I'm excited. Were you throwing stuff at the TV and screaming and hollering during the ninth inning? Well, well, here's the thing. Sarah is a Dodgers fan. Uh, Oh, my. So she's over there. I I think that's the first time you've told us that. Well, she she lived out there for a while. She was uh, on the other end of the couch taunting me as they were coming back, and I was was getting very upset. But, uh, But, yeah, I'm happy, though. They won. And they're up 2-0. Game three. Is game three today? Game three is today, 6 o'clock. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, they're up three games to nothing on the Astros. Yeah, they're up three nothing on the yeah. Astros. So yeah. it looks like it's going to be Tampa Bay cruising into the World Series. And maybe it's a Tampa Bay-Atlanta World Series. I know you predicted Atlanta to get there. Who was your American League team? Uh, the Oakland Athletics. They oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 They came yeah. up empty against the Astros. but Well, you know, for what it's worth, I think the baseball playoffs have been pretty good trying to get people re-energized and excited about baseball. So I think a Braves... Ray's series could be fun, really, it, it to be could, honest. Yeah, it could be. And I don't know if you are uh, if you noticed, but there were actual fans in the stands for the Braves and Dodgers so far this series for the first time this happen? year. I guess because it's being played in Texas, they're allowing it there, but they're not allowing it out in California, which is where the other series between uh-huh. the Rays and Astros is going on. So, yes. Yeah, good to see fans is back, true. back for baseball for the first time this yeah, year. Yeah, because, you know, the, uh, the Florida-Texas A&M football game, had pretty much a packed house, it looked like, when they played football oh, yeah. there in Texas. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess that's why there were some fans there. So, yeah, game three tonight, we're pulling for you. Raves and Dodgers. Uh, Raves up to nothing. Speaking of Florida, the Florida football team, uh, COVID has struck the Florida Gators. They've had to suspend all football activity for a couple of days. The game apparently this weekend is still on, from what I understand. The game is, has not been suspended yet or canceled. They've just suspended all activities. I guess, what, five players for Florida have tested positive. So Scott Strickland, who used to be here at Kentucky, has he's now the AD at Florida, suspended all Florida football activities for the moment. Uh, maybe they'll reevaluate today, maybe tomorrow, but right now the game is still on. So this is the second SEC team it's hit. Vandy, of course, they, had, they have 
uh, suspended their game with Missouri this weekend and moved it till to December. But, you know, we talked about this, Shannon, with Matt and Drew. We knew it was going to hit a couple teams throughout the season. Didn't know how teams were going to handle it, when it was going to hit. But here now, two SEC teams this week have had to have been affected by it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this situation. Are they able to play the games and make them up at the end of the season? You know, does this drag on for more than one week? And if it does, how do you handle that? There's a lot of questions to be answered. You just you just kind of sit and wait every week to see if, if it's going to happen to your team. And if, if it does, how bad is it going to be and how they're going to handle it? You know, if the city of Nashville, the Titans get it, and then Vandy gets it, and you went, okay, you know, Nashville. What's going on in Nashville? It's just a party down there. <laughs> well, we saw what was going on yeah. earlier this summer, uh, this spring, when it was hit, and people still partying like it was 1999 there. So, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't know. But at least they're still going to try to play that game at the end of the season. I'm just kind of surprised that they're shutting down Florida football right here in the middle of the week, and they're still going to try to play the game this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and, again, this goes back to – I mean, this is a completely different conversation, but why is it okay to go and play down in Florida, but it's not okay to play Louisville just a few miles up the road? I, I don't understand the logic there. But uh, hopefully Kentucky doesn't get involved in this, you know, in, in having coronavirus positive cases on their team. And I'm hoping that this whole thing just dies off with the SEC yeah. schools getting infected. Especially not this week, man. It's Tennessee week for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. The Tennessee, the women tobacco chewing Tennessee volunteers this week. <laughs> oh, there's a bird up here again. Oh no, there's a bird up here in the KSR office. It just flew past me. I didn't even. Maybe it's been up here the whole time, but I just saw it. I'm sorry, I got distracted right there. <laughs> you had a squirrel moment. Squirrel. Yeah, there it is. Uh, what else we got to talk about? Uh, we got a couple. Well, that is our Wildcat news of the day, by the way. Uh, presented by Ameriprise Financial Services, as always here. Um, and, of course, the Leach Report is presented by Wild Eggs every day. Links to these stories on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We do have a all-star Hall of Fame lineup of guests today, Shannon. Oh, I know. We do. No doubt about it. Mike Pratt leading uh, us off? Oh uh, no, no, no. We don't have Mike Pratt today. Don't be teasing people now. Chris Fisher is oh, our right, leadoff hitter that's right, today. That's right. Today's Wednesday. Wednesday is Chris on, Fisher Day. I was already on Thursday. Chris Fisher today and then Kyle Tucker today. Kyle Tucker had a busy night last night. Tennessee Titans played last night. You know, he's down down there covering them, so we've got him on today and Chris Fisher. Chris Fisher will update us on all these uh, – a lot of U.K. basketball recruiting stuff getting ready to happen. Within the next week, week or ten days, there could be a couple new basketball commitments for Kentucky basketball. So we'll get his update on that and talk to Kyle about – Everything with UK football, basketball, and the Titans now. He's on that gig down there. So the, the Leach Report just getting started. Ryan and Shan will take your calls as well. 502-571-1080. 502-571-1080. Give us a call this morning. What else you got to do? Stuck in traffic, driving around? Come on, give us a call. We'll be right back. This is the Leach Report. You. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. All right, welcome back to the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs. Ryan Lemon in for Tom Leach. Before we get to Chris Fisher, we're going to get to the phone lines, 502-571-1080. we got Andy up, another huge Atlanta Braves fan. Got to be happy with what happened last night. What up, Andy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, I'm, I'm very happy about it. I, I got to tell you, well, which I did tell you the other day, kind of concerned going into the Dodger series with the pitching matchups and things, but 
our pitchers, they're hanging in there well. Free pitch, really good game. Ian Anderson went four scoreless last night. I, I was, wasn't happy with the decision of bringing Tomlin in in the ninth. I was like Shannon. I was pretty nervous. And I thought we should have just brought Melanson in. I mean, having a five-run lead against the Dodgers is like having a two-run lead against everybody else. Yeah, the Dodgers' best team in baseball. Everybody just had them penciled in all the way to cruise into the World Series. And they got now the Braves have got the hammer down on them, up 2-0. Yeah, and I don't know how far back they've uh, scratched Kershaw to because of his back spasm. So we may get him tomorrow. Uh, you can handle so we, him. I don't know. He's, he's he's I don't know. I don't, like, I don't like Kershaw going up against the Braves. <laughs> I don't either. He's, uh, he's not the same Kershaw, though. Yeah before but I, I i'm feeling a lot better about it you know we got Kyle Wright going today and six o'clock i'm going to be ready and we got this game this weekend and i'll tell you this much if uh if our defense that played mississippi state uh shows up and their offense that played old miss shows up we can win this game but we're going to need that yeah that's okay. true take the combination of those two andy and i feel pretty good about it. all right buddy we appreciate it Hey, you got to take care. I'll holler at you. All right. That's our good buddy, Andy, down there. Uh, we'll bring up Chris Fisher from CatchBalls.com. Uh, talk about the the Kentucky-Tennessee game. A lot of basketball recruiting as well. How you doing, Chris? What's going on, Ryan? Man, a lot of basketball recruiting stuff is starting to boil a little bit. Uh, let's just start with that. I guess the uh, the Bryce Hopkins kid, is he the first one that's going to commit in this kind of all of a sudden he's – the guys starting to make their decision. Is he the first one that's getting ready to commit? Yeah, I think so. Um, there was a report that he was going to announce on October the 20th, and then they kind of doubled back and said they're still finalizing a date. But I oh, would okay. expect the decision to come within the next you know week or two, and then you have Sky Clark uh, also announcing on uh, on the 22nd. What what? What are your thoughts? I mean, a lot of people seem to think Kentucky may get both of those guys. Do you think they'll get them both, one of the two, or what are your what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, as of today, I would I would expect Kentucky to land both of those guys. I think this is going to be a, a crucial stretch for Kentucky's recruiting efforts in the 2021 class and beyond. I guess uh, here over the next month, leading up to the the early signing period in November. You have Bryce Hopkins set to, to come off the board. I feel good about Kentucky's chances there. I think they were immediately tabbed as, as a heavy favorite uh, the day you know he he decommitted from Louisville in early August. I think everyone immediately looked to to Kentucky as to whether they would get involved and if they did they would be would be tough to beat. I think uh, Providence and and Illinois and Indiana have kind of worked themselves into the mix, but I still think Kentucky is the team to beat. Man, if if Hopkins then commits to Kentucky, with all this has kind of been going on with the Kentucky-Louisville scheduling thing, I mean, it's just going to add just more <laughs> fuel to that fire, and it's just going to pump it up even more, don't you think? Yeah, and, you know, the I, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't say the Kentucky Louisville rivalry would need any extra fuel to the fire. But you know, Chris Mack has been a, a very likable guy to this point. I mean, there hasn't really been anything to to kind of knock him on. And you know, the uh, 
I think hatred is 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 healthy in uh, in a rivalry. That's you know that's what makes it fun. And um, you know we obviously had a lot of storylines with John Calipari and Rick Pitino over the years, and and that sort of thing. And so uh, you know maybe the scheduling conflict and and Bryce Hopkins can can re inject uh, some of that into the into the rivalry. So give us your little thumbnail scouting report on Bryce Hopkins. Uh, I would say he's somewhere in between a, a PJ Washington and a, a Keon Brooks type of player. He possesses perimeter skills. He can step out on the floor, um, you know, kind of put the ball on the deck and, and make some plays. But he's also six foot seven, two hundred twenty pounds, and is rugged enough to to kind of mix it up inside. And so. Um, can play multiple positions, can guard multiple positions. I think that's, you know, a lot of what Kentucky covets at both ends of the floor when when they're recruiting a guy. And so I would say somewhere in between a P.J. Washington and a Keon Brooks. So even though he was set to commit next week on the 20th, you're, you're, you're thinking that they're not for sure yet when he's actually going to make his commitment. Yeah, there was some talk that he had set a date, and then maybe he didn't set a date. But but either way, I think this one's going to be over and done with within the next week or two. Okay. And then Sky Clark is set for the 22nd, which is what? Today's the 14th, so a week, you know, a week coming up week tomorrow. from tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, what's, your, what's your thumbnail sketch on him? Yeah, he's another guy when, uh, you know, when Kentucky first started recruiting him, I think there wasn't a bigger slam dunk for Kentucky on on the recruiting trail, regardless of class, than Sky Clark. I mean, he was, you know, thought to be signed, sealed, and delivered to to Kentucky for for some time, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe about two week, uh, two months ago, a lot of the buzz started, you know, gravitating toward North Carolina, and that you know maybe they had overtaken Kentucky as the team to beat. Uh, he released. He recently released a top four of Kentucky, North Carolina, Memphis, and UCLA. Uh, he'll decide between those four schools. And as of today, now there's been some, you know, twists and turns, and some, you know, maybe a little bit of, of flipping and flopping over the last couple of weeks. But as of today, I would expect uh, Kentucky to be the choice. Uh, you still feel good that he's going to go ahead and commit a week from tomorrow. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, it's not like a Hopkins situation. I think he has that date, uh, that date uh, locked down, and and he'll decide on on the twenty second. I think his dad said they've they've been in talks with ESPN and CBS about doing a potential, okay, you know, kind of a live announcement type thing. And I guess the the third guy is Hunter. How you pronounce his last name? Salas. Yeah, is that right? Is that how you pronounce his name? What's what's his status then? Well, he's kind of up in the air. He hasn't set a date or anything. As of right now, he's at 12 schools, which is a lot. And uh, out of his own mouth recently, he said that he wanted to cut his list in half and, and then wait until the spring to decide. Okay. But I can I can tell you that there's still some talk that uh, that he may come off the board during the the early period. There's you know there's kind of two schools of thought on. Uh, recruiting right now with uh, the the dead period being extended through the end of 2020. Do you want to go ahead and get it out of the way because you know you're not going to be able to take any visits, you're not going to be able to host coaches for in-home visits, there's no in-person contact through the rest of the year, so do you want to go ahead and get it over with or do you want to wait until the spring and maybe see if you can take some visits and then decide 
you know, maybe in April or, or May or something like that. And so, um, I think he's kind of split on that. I think there's, you know, part of him wants to go ahead and get it over with. And if that's the case, I feel really, really good about Kentucky's chances. If he holds off, I still feel pretty good about Kentucky's chances, but a lot can happen in over the course of, of five or six months. Well, what, what's his position? What does he play? He's a combo guard uh, in our most recent uh, set of rankings. He jumped 19 spots from number 25 to number 6 overall in the 2021 class. Uh, has drawn some comparisons to a Shea Gilgis, Alexander type of, of combo guard who's you know really crafty with the ball in his hands, can play on or off the ball, uh, really thrives in transition, and I think would be a, a really good fit for what Kentucky does offensively and defensively. Man, that's great stuff. That's why I like getting you on, kind of keep me keep me updated and keep me posting what's going on. But like I said, just all of a sudden out of the blue, there's just all this UK basketball recruiting news as we get ready to start basketball practice. You know, we, this is when we should be having Big Blue Madness. This is when we get ready to start basketball. So uh, pr- appreciate it, Chris. Check your stuff out, catspaws.com, also on Twitter, at ChrisFisher247. We appreciate it, man. All right. Take it easy, bro. All right, Chris Fisher. We'll be right back. We'll take our break. Take your calls as well if you want to get on board. 502-571-1080. This is the Leach Report. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Oh, yeah. We can just fill the whole break and let him play. Just let him sing, Shannon. <laughs> Yep. Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, that's a great song. You said you just kind of stumbled across it. Right. Yeah, hadn't heard this one in a while. Good stuff. <sighs> that is great stuff, man. I don't, like, I don't like how Hootie left the Blowfish, though. Hootie's true. Well, he's still, Hootie he's still with them. He's a big-timer, though. He went off and did his own thing. Yeah, went, went country. Made, you know, a gazillion dollars. You know, you can't fault him for that. No, no. But, really but he still, he's, still hasn't, for, you know, forgotten his roots. They get together. They still play concerts. Yeah. And still, they just made an album last year. Yeah. So. And, and he always oh. says, I'm not Hootie. People call me Hootie. He's Darius no, Rucker. He's not Hootie. Makes makes him mad. Yeah. You know, he, he was in Lexington not long ago and didn't didn't call me. Didn't even come see me. Didn't even send me a text like, hey, who up? Maybe you, guys get get that. Maybe you guys will get together for that UK-South Carolina game this year. You know, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. I want to invite him up. He can come stay at my house if he wants to. There you go. Hey. You know. oh. All right. Uh, next half hour, Kyle Tucker. If he's up. He had a late night last night with the Titans. Right back. This is the Leach Report. Find out more about the voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. All right. Welcome back to the Leach Report. Ryan Lemon in for Tom Leach with Shannon T. Dude. Uh, we got Kyle, Kyle Tucker on deck. Not Kyle Tucker, but Kyle Tucker on deck. Before we get to Kyle, we've got uh, our buddy Ryan join us here real quick. Hello, Ryan. How are you, buddy? How you doing? Uh, Ryan, I haven't talked to you forever, but uh, my oldest brother, the one you know I told that the boy was picking on a long time ago on your own show. And I he remember. He was Farm Creek and Mitchell. He's 75 years old today. Well, congratulations to Ryan's brother. Oh, he's, yeah. he's a badass. Yes, sir. Well, he was. He was at one time, man. <laughs> he's an old man now. But I'm the youngest boy in the bunch. I just turned 67. I tried to get in one day. I'm a birthday. I couldn't get in. But our football team, I think, if we had made a lot of, a lot of these mistakes 
I think we could be two and one and three and zero. Oh. And if you really, if they're going to keep it on the ground, uh, they need to watch a Joker Phillips uh, game. You know what? He didn't even have a regular quarterback, and we won that game and almost beat him another time. And I can't yeah. remember if he was a coach or uh, if uh, my memory's starting. I'm starting to lose my memory. Oh yeah, anyway, that was Joker's uh, team. Yep, yep. Yeah. Ryan, we appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it. Good. Thanks for good to hear from you again. Yeah, that was Joker's team. Kyle Tucker with a, a wide receiver at quarterback, Matt Roark, and pulled the miracle of Merrill Miracles to finally beat Tennessee that day. Yeah, that was that was um I think probably to this day the most surprising uh Kentucky football win I have seen. Uh, I think that was my first year. I guess that was, was my it? first year covering was Kentucky. It? Yeah, two thousand yeah. yeah, two thousand eleven, right? So um yeah, that was <laughs> That was startling. I mean, nobody, nobody knew. I think people started to get some inkling that there was something going on with the quarterbacks, like maybe the day of the game. Uh, but nobody even really knew there was anything going on. And then all of a sudden, you got Matt Roark uh, <laughs> running out there taking direct snaps. It, th- those were the early days of the of the uh, you know the version one point of the wide receiver playing quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how much sleep have you had? I know you had a late night last night with the Titans. <laughs> yeah, I had about, uh, I don't know. I got, I got about five hours. That's good. I, I'm wow. usually functioning on about five hours. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Titans, are, are they, what are they now? Are they 4-0, 5-0? What are they right now? 4-0, yeah. 4-0, and, and speaking of unbelievable, you know, nobody saw that coming, wins. Uh, they didn't just beat the undefeated Bills. They, they destroyed them. Uh, and that was after two, basically two weeks shut down with the yeah. facility shut down over a, uh-huh. an outbreak. They had 24 cases of, uh, with players and staff of, uh, COVID positive tests. Um, they, uh, basically under investigation by the league about how they handled it all. Uh, they were missing nine guys. Uh, they, they had, uh, one good wide receiver and three, uh, Former undrafted guys in their receiver group, and uh, they blew the doors off the Bills. That was that was wild. I don't think anybody saw that coming either. It, it great, it's a great story for them to come out, like you said, being under COVID quarantine and lockdown, and come out and beat the Bills last night. Uh, are, are they going to get to play that Steelers game? Uh, how, how's that going to play out? Yeah, they moved that one, so they so they, it's crazy too. They, they had two days of practice, essentially two actual days of practice, and those were just barely. They said they had coaches playing defensive back in one of those practices. Um, two days of practice, blow out the Bills, and now uh, on Sunday, so four days from now, they will be playing. Um, um, well, now I'm just blank on who they're playing. Uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday, and then uh, the following Sunday, uh, they'll be making up that Steelers game. So, okay. yeah, they'll uh, – um, uh, the Texans, sorry, they're playing the Texans on Sunday at home uh, four days from now, and then a week after that they'll play the also undefeated uh, Steelers. I think there are four teams now undefeated, the Titans and the Steelers are two yeah. of them. So um, it's something. And we and we got one of the greatest stiff arms of all time last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Derrick Henry. Uh, he, he sent Josh Norman uh, into orbit. I mean, literally spun him. Lifted him off the ground. Yeah, yeah, that was was amazing. You don't see things like that very often. Well, what's your take on what you see, saw from Kentucky on Saturday and what you've seen from them three games in going into the Tennessee game then this weekend? 
Well, let's continue the theme of 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 how how did you do that? Uh, you know, I I think you know you look at we talk about the the Tennessee game in in 2011, the Titans game last night. I I put another sort of how did you do that category on one the loss to Ole Miss because uh, how do you how do you run for 400 yards and lose? Uh, and then you flip that completely last week. And against a Mike Leach offense that's put up 600 yards on LSU and won, uh, you lock them down and win a game in which you have, what, 160 total yards of offense? Um, Doesn't make sense, man. It's strange. You, you lose a game, you run for 400 in. You win a game against an air raid team uh, where you have less than 200 total yards. Um, you know, you've, you've been shredded in the secondary and pick off six passes. Um, it, it, it's odd. I think one of the things I've been saying a lot lately that I, has really sort of, uh, I think, settled into my mind is this is just going to be a weird college football season because there, there's just so much being affected by this virus and all sort of the, the things that go with it. Um, and, and, and because, you know, unlike the NFL where they've got to put these guys on the, you know, COVID-19 reserve list. They don't have to officially tell us they have COVID, but we can all guess. They say we have X number of players who tested positive, and then they put out a list of guys who are on the reserve COVID list, which means they've at least been exposed to it, if not tested positive. So in the NFL, we know. In college football, we don't know, um, you know, who and how many and how much it's uh, disrupting practice. And so I, I just think, a lot of teams have been really affected, and I think we've seen a lot of sort of weird results and inconsistencies. We've seen a lot of bad defense. I think uh, part of that is probably not being able to, um, you know, practice with some continuity there, and tackling has suffered, and, and some things like that. You know, I wonder how much we we do know that essentially no Stoops basically confirmed in the preseason that the secondary got wiped out at some point. Uh, by COVID-19 protocols, contact tracing, whatever. Whether it was positive tests, we don't know. But we do know that they had a scrimmage where they basically didn't have any defensive backs. How much did that contribute to the, the way that the secondary played early in the season? And will that be better now going forward? Um, just a lot of things like that. I just think we're going to see weird things happen. You know, Florida loses to Texas A&M, and you know, LSU has lost twice now. Um, you know, There's just been... Things we we probably did not expect that have happened, and so I think it might get to the middle of the season before like everything kind of normalizes and teams are going to are who they're going to be, and even then they're going to be at risk of a of an outbreak that disrupts all that. Yeah, you know, Shannon and I talked about that earlier. You know, with, with Florida hit even you know this week they're shut down their all football activities for a couple of days, but yet they're still going to try to play the game this weekend. I think it's just going to happen off and on throughout the season. You just kind of got to hold your breath and hope it doesn't happen to your team. It's happened to Vandy. Now it's happened to Florida. When will it happen to your team? You just you don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing you asked is sort of what I've made of, of Kentucky so far. The other thing is just if, you, if any one of the sort of weird, disastrous, uh, you know, old, time, old, old school, that's so Kentucky football things, had not happened that happened in the Ole Miss game, any one of them, and there was a series of them, including the missed extra point overtime. If you just if you just win that game that you were right there to win, uh, I think they feel pretty good about their season, season even with the, the Auburn loss. I think if they, they were coming off back-to-back wins heading to Knoxville, I think they'd feel pretty good 
uh, about their season because then you can win that game and, and you're in a situation you've been in before. You got Georgia coming to town with a chance to, you know, put yourself right in the middle of the race. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't think, I certainly don't think all hope is lost uh, for Kentucky. I think it was big to get that done Saturday. They've got to get the offense <laughs> that is shockingly stalled out, uh, you know, back on, on track. But, um, you know, I'm seeing some things I think that are pretty encouraging for Kentucky. All right, we're going to take our break. Come back. If you want to, if you have a question for Kyle, give us a call, 502-571-1080. 502-571-1080. Kyle Tucker here. We'll talk a lot more. I got a couple of really good questions I got to ask him about. We'll be right back. This is the Leach Report. You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to Leach Report. Ryan Lemon in for Tom Leach with Shannon the Dude. We've got Kyle Tucker on with us. Okay, Kyle, i got to ask you this question. Before we get back to Kentucky football and Kentucky basketball, I've been waiting all day to ask you this question. <laughs> Rick Patino, our buddy, our pal, did an interview with somebody. I don't remember who he did it was. And they asked him what his biggest regret was. And of all the things he's done, everywhere his, he's been, Rick Patino said his biggest regret was leaving Providence. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, the perfect man. response I was hoping That's you would really say. What, uh, what is your, what is your reaction to that? I think he's also said, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't even have a reaction to that. I mean, we disingenuous does not begin to cover uh, – the standard for the way Rick Pitino speaks. I mean, you know, this guy's out for, you know, at least two months, he says, you know, on Friday, and the guy plays on Saturday. Uh, you know, uh, Sisters of the Poor is, the, you know, the greatest 12 seed in the history of the NCAA tournament after they play, um, you know, I think he said Grand Canyon was the, the greatest uh, home court environment yeah. he's ever seen uh-huh. in basketball. I'm sure he said, Pantheonikos or whatever, whatever you know, Greek place he'd been was was uh, the most uh, electric uh, atmosphere he'd ever been in. I I don't you know I just laugh at those things. It, I mean it's it's very funny because uh, it's completely outrageous. He says these completely uh, unbelievable things all the time. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm sure that's not his greatest regret in life. I would hope. By the way, as a guy who was caught betting a woman in a restaurant booth, uh-huh. that his life's greatest regret has nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah, he could have said that the Porcini's incident, but no, yeah. it's leaving Providence. He, he could have said flipping off the fans at Rupp Arena. No, he could have said that's you know, the. Prost- I wondered if you were going to say uh, if he was going to cop to that. No. But, could have said the hooker no. prostitute scandal at Louisville under his watch, or nope, nope, none of that. It's leaving Providence was his biggest regret to go to the Knicks. Just it, it, yeah, the stuff that comes out of his mouth would have definitely gone exactly the same if he just stayed at Providence forever. Yeah, I'm sure it would have. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what do you think about what's been tossed around for the college basketball season that uh, they're looking at maybe 15% capacity 
which would be for Rupp Arena. What do you, you think that's going to be maybe about right, what we're looking at for for college basketball season, for indoor sporting events? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think people should be, not should be happy, but I, I mean, all things considered, you know, be glad some people are going to be in the building because I, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me if there were not any fans yeah. at all. Um, just because indoor versus outdoors is, is a, such a huge difference. Um, so yeah, I mean, as somebody that's going to be sitting in that arena, I'm glad it's not going to be packed. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, you know, until we get out of this uh, pandemic, but that, that's not real surprising to me. Um, if there's any surprise, it's really that they're that we're already saying they're going to be. Any fans um, in there? So uh, yeah, I think if you got fifteen percent, you can space people out. And, you know, hopefully have the mask requirement. But yeah, if you're going to be under the same roof, I don't think you want to pack thousands of people in there uh, and take that risk. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I think Matt Matt posted something yesterday about it that that's the proposal. It'll still have, to, I guess, the governor of Kentucky would still have to approve it. But that would be all across Kentucky, all indoor. Sporting events would be fifteen percent capacity. So for Rupp Arena, that's be roughly three thousand fans. And I'm like you, I was not going to be surprised if mainly they even said no fans, just maybe you know, just support staff and maybe family. That would might be it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you get three or four thousand people in there. That's enough to make noise. I mean, I think uh, one of the things that I would I would say about that. I mean, we've seen it, you know, already. Um, with a couple home games for for Kentucky, and I, you know, I, I was at the uh, Ole Miss game for Kentucky, and I was at uh, the Titans' first game with fans last night. They only had eighty four hundred people there. Um, it, really, though, having just a, even a sort of a sort of uh, semi significant number of people uh, in a in a venue, if if something good happens, it feels much more like sports, even without you know, a big crowd because you have a reaction and it's enough to make some noise. And I think that, you know, that makes it a whole lot less awkward. And it certainly, I think, still gives you some level of home court advantage, just feeling because, you know, I don't know that the advantage is always just how loud it gets. I think it's just that when you're at home and there are people in real time reacting to your play and, you know, erupting when you do the right thing, all those, that that sort of thing. I think that's what people, players feed off of, and they miss sort of in a bubble environment or an empty arena. So, yeah, I mean, if there's a few, few thousand people that erupt, it'll, it will make a difference. It'll feel a lot more like real basketball, I think, than the sort of sterilized, no-fan version. Uh, one more, then we let you go. I mean, I know you're swamped. You're trying to cover Kentucky football. You're trying to cover the Titans football. Uh, you're trying to get your daughter to learn how to pronounce Swedish fish, but were you were you were you able to enjoy or appreciate the moment of Anthony Davis winning his first NBA championship the other night? Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, it, it was a you know a really compelling um, bubble experience. Really, not even before the playoffs, start to finish, it was sort of the Kentucky bubble, and it was. Uh, profound really i mean the number the volume of of guys and the, and the number of guys who were really really good you know starting with devin booker going bonkers in that eight no suns run that almost got him into the playoffs and then ending with anthony davis and rondo um you know getting a ring and frank vogel who's, who started by knocking on rick patino's door and begging him for a job you know as a student manager at kentucky um 
Yeah, it was cool. And, and I saw the video, I think, yesterday uh, that was just zeroed in on Anthony Davis in those final moments as the clock ticked down as he realized he was going to win um, his first championship. And he kind of, you know, dropped his head and put his face in a towel and cried a little bit. Teared and, up. And yes, he did. Yeah. Really, I mean, people slapped him on the back and came by and, you know, had words for him, but they kind of let him, I think a lot of his teammates and the staff and stuff, they just kind of let him sit there in the corner on the ed- end of the bench uh, and soak in that moment. And that was cool just to watch it and wonder what was going through his mind. It was clear that he was obviously uh, overcome by the magnitude of it because in doing so, he became the eighth guy ever in history to win an NBA, NCAA uh, an Olympic championship, which is uh, really something. Yeah, he he, uh, he. I wonder what his legacy will be when he puts all this together. Number one draft pick, uh, all the all the everything that he's done. How we will remember him with the way we remember LeBron and Michael Jordan and everything. It's it's going to be interesting years down the road. I, I think some of that will depend on you know. I think he'll probably get try to. Try to, and, and I think likely we'll get another ring with LeBron. But LeBron's towards the end, right? So, yeah, you know, if if Anthony Davis gets a couple rings with LeBron, and then it becomes his team or some other team because it becomes his team that's a contender, and he's truly sort of the driving force. If he can carry a yeah, team, I agree as as the as the number one guy uh, somewhere down the road because he's still young. He's twenty seven. Yeah, uh, isn't it crazy? In the, yeah. He's right in the middle of his prime. So if, if he can get another ring with LeBron and then, you know, find a, a way to lead a team yeah. to a championship himself, I think that is what would ultimately sort of stamp his legacy as, you know, an all best. But he's, yeah. I think he's probably all right, already man. there. All right, we got to get out of here. Kyle Tucker, check him out. We'll be right back. Wrap it up on the Leach Report. Welcome back and goodbye. For Shannon, for the bird flying around the office, I'm Ryan Lemon for the Leach Report. He'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time right here on 